Beware of the scribes. And in his teaching he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces and have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honour at feasts, who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting the money into the offering box. Many rich people put in the large sums and a poor widow came up and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Morning everyone. My name's Jared, I'm the pastor here, and it's my pleasure to preach God's word this morning. Will you join me as we pray? Father in heaven, we praise you and thank you. You are good and glorious, you rule over everything, and thank you that you uh, sent your only son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come and save us. And we pray that as we learn more about him today, that you would build us up in our faith in you. And we pray that you, by your spirit, would be pleased to conform us more to the image of Christ. And it's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. What are you all in for? Uh, there's, there's many things that one could, could live your life for, be all about, be all in for. Uh, and so I thought it'd be good for us to start by asking a question, what are we, what are we all in for? Um, there are lots of things out there that our world sees as the thing to be all in for. Money, fame, um, power, uh, status, all those kind of things. Um, and, and, and to lesser and greater extent, we, we're influenced by those things, aren't we? So we, we ask ourselves, what, what are the, what's the thing that I'm all in for? What am I living for? Uh, when, I, when I go to sleep at night, what am I thinking about when I get up in the morning? What's on my mind? Uh, when I spend, spend my day doing different things, uh, what's, what's my focus? Have you um, ever, you know, in the course of your life, uh, dealing with, working with people, speaking with people, uh, people talk about the things that they're passionate about. And, um, you know, whether that's their fantasy football team or um, any, anything, uh, there, there, there are a wide variety of things that people have as their focus. And it's like, for all of us, we have these things that keep coming up in our minds that we keep going back to. Um, and it could be, yeah, it could be sports, it could be music, uh, not necessarily bad things, but just questioning uh, what are we, what's, what's the main thing for us? What are we all in for? Um, Today's passage deals with this question of, of um, what are we all in for? And particularly, are we all in for God? Uh, the context uh, is, is of Jesus. He's been teaching. Uh, the, there's, there's a lot of scribes around. So we've had uh, Jesus uh, and, and the scribes have come to him. And all these people keep trying to trap him and trying to catch him out. They, they want to expose him. They want to, they want to challenge Jesus and his authority. Uh, they want to undermine him. And we've seen that happen time and again. And every time, Jesus answers their questions perfectly. Um, and and they, they're, they're silenced. They, they can't answer Jesus uh, back because uh, he has the perfect answers for all of their questions. And so we've seen that happen a number of times. Uh, then we saw last week, Jesus ask a question of the scribes. He starts to question them. So rather than just answering their questions, he goes on the offensive and exposes that they actually put themselves above God's word, and, uh, and they had too small a view of the Christ. That's what we saw last week, and we considered uh, in what ways do we have that, those same problems. 
So today we have a contrast, a couple of contrasts, um, and that kind of is all between the scribes who we've been seeing over the past, you know, while now, um, and, and, and there's also some rich people who are kind of in that section, and then a poor widow. And, and so we have before us this, this contrast between these, these rich scribes, these rich people, these scribes who are, if you, if you don't know what scribes are, they, you know, scribes write stuff down, that's a good start. Uh, they're also kind of like the lawyers of the day, but kind of like the religious lawyers. So they, they, they know uh, the law back to front and they, they would use it to their advantage. They would, they would use it to, to puff themselves up and look down on others. Um, so that's that's the kind of religious leader that's in mind when we when we're talking about scribes. Then the rich people, um, same thing today, except instead of driving BMWs, they wore long robes. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't mean that to be harsh to anyone who does drive a BMW. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> A Lamborghini, maybe, you know. <laughs> or if anyone drives a Lamborghini, I'm, I'm sorry, I'll just stop there. Uh, so we've got, we've got rich people and scribes, and then we've got contrasted with this poor widow. So in, in, in today's passage, um, uh, we, we have this contrast, but Jesus begins with a warning. So he's been teaching, um, and now he starts with a warning. Uh, in his teaching, he said, beware of the scribes. And so what does beware mean? Uh, well, if you've ever walked around and seen a beware of the dog sign, it usually means watch out, like be careful. That, um, there's someone on the prowl. Um, and so this is what Jesus is saying. Beware of the scribes. Watch out for them. Keep your eyes on them. Um, there, there's, there's, a, there's, hip, there's a lot of hypocrisy uh, that the scribes have. And so Jesus is warning them to watch out for the scribes and their hypocrisy. Um, you know, that hypocrisy is like uh, doing one thing and expecting an- and saying another thing. So not practicing what you preach, essentially. So Jesus starts by warning about the scribes. And if we look at the scribes in detail, we'll see some of the things about why Jesus was warning uh, these, the, these people, his disciples and, and, and the others there. Firstly, the scribes were all in but not for God, but for themselves. The scribes were all in for themselves. They, they lived lives that were very self-centered and about themselves. They, um, they wanted to draw attention to themselves. So we, we're told that they, they wore long robes. Uh, so they were wanting to wear fancy clothes and make it about them because of their fancy clothes. Um, their long robes weren't the only thing that was long. It was their long pretentious prayers as well. They would pray in a way to try and draw attention to themselves uh, their prayers would, would be addressed to God, but all about themselves. Uh, they, they, they prayed in a long, convoluted way. Not, not, this is very different to, say, you know, going in private, crying out to God and, and, and laying your heart out to Him and saying, Lord, please help me. This is very much more like, let's go pray somewhere where other people can see me and I can show how eloquent and fancy I am with my prayers while I wear this long robe. That's, that's, that's more what this is. And so we've got these scribes who are all in for themselves, drawing attention to themselves with their long robes and their long prayers uh, that are pretentious, showy, um, flashy, yeah, that kind of thing, which is not what prayer is about, is it? Prayer prayer is about expressing um, our dependence upon God and crying out to Him and praying to Him, asking for Him for things, um, praising Him, and, um, and they're using it for completely the other, the opposite to that, which is to, to make it about us, and that's, that's such an offense to God. 
Also, they wanted honor. Uh, that we're told that they wanted the best seats in the house. Uh, they wanted the, the best seats in the synagogue, the best seats uh, in, in the feasts. Uh, wherever, wherever you could have uh, uh, being in a marketplace, they want people to greet them. You know, that they, they just loved the acclaim. They loved people, you know, recognizing them um, and, 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 and giving them glory. They wanted honor and praise for themselves. They wanted the best seats in the house. Has anyone seen the um, musical Hamilton? Um, it's on Disney Plus. I haven't watched it in person, but I watched it on there. Cool. My dad has. Anyway, the uh, <laughs> the uh, that in that musical, there's a song about wanting to be in the room where it happens, and so like there's there's all of these uh, high level decisions that happen, uh, and they often happen behind closed doors. Uh, the scribes were exactly the kind of people who want to be in the room where it happens. They wanted that position of authority, of power, of glory for themselves. And they, they, they wanted to lord that over other people. That's, that's what we're talking about here. A place of glory and power and, and rule over other people. Um, and not only did they want to be in the room where it happens, they wanted everyone to know that they were in the room where it happens. They, they wanted that kind of recognition for that. Uh, then... We've got them shirking their responsibility as well. This is not a great CV, by the way, <laughs> if we think about the different things that we're looking at with the, with the scribes here. But we have them shirking their responsibility. So what do I mean by that? I mean, God in the Old Testament, we see him, and in the New Testament, repeatedly talk about how he cares for the widows and the orphans, how he loves and cares for them, and how he pleads the cause of the fatherless and the widow. And how we see in God's character a love for these downtrodden people who, who, are, uh, who are in great need. Um, we also see God in his commandments say that these people are to be provided for. Uh, you know, when, when you go and uh, plow your field and you leave a bit behind, don't keep going and gathering it all in. Leave a bit for the widows and the orphans and those in need. Uh, and, and so we see God's heart for the widows and his love for them and, and how he cares and has compassion on people in need. Is that what the, what the scribes who knew, who knew the scriptures back to front, is that what they did? No, no, Jesus says they devoured widows' houses. Devoured widows' houses. So instead of, instead of providing care for and looking after those that were downtrodden and needed help, they ripped them off. They took their stuff. They... They ripped them off. They, they, would, they would take um, what was theirs and use it for themselves. It's like, that's just, that's the opposite of what God has commanded. It's the opposite of God's character and, and, and it's what they're doing and they're, they're shirking their responsibility. And so uh, that, that, that's, that's going right against uh, the scriptures they claim to follow. They're all about the outward appearance of righteousness, um, Earlier on in, in, this, in these interactions where Jesus, which Jesus has been having with the scribes, uh, he's, he's asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. The scribes here are not loving God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And they're not loving their neighbors either. There's a, this is a, an example of, of, of what that looks like to not do those things, to actually be all about what's on the outside and, um, and inside, just completely rejecting God uh, and rejecting our neighbors 
and even on the outside, not, 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 not showing love for those in need and wanting glory. Uh, this, this selfish pursuit of abundance, abundance is a word that comes up a couple times in this passage. Um, we see uh, uh, it's, it's in the original. Um, later on, Jesus talks about the rich people contributing out of their abundance. Uh, there's this kind of abundance idea as the scribes are pursuing these high things for themselves. But what abundance does this lead to? This pursuit of greatness and abundance in this life? It leads to abundant condemnation, Jesus says at the end of verse 40. They will receive the greater or abundant condemnation. So that's, that's, uh, that is judgment language. Of, 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 there's, a, there's a special judgment reserved for those who do these sorts of things like the scribes, who, who, who use this position of power and influence uh, to manipulate and, and, and not love others and not love God and, and glorify not God, but themselves. To be all in, but not for God, to be all in for themselves, to make it all about them. And um, so we see, uh, we see this, this attitude that's pervasive for the scribes, uh, these, these lawyers, these religious lawyers who live their lives not to glorify God, but to glorify themselves. They've, they, know, they know the Bible back to front, but they've missed the point. Uh, they, they, instead of recognizing that the Bible is all about glorifying Jesus and, and bringing us to, to God and glorifying Him, they've read it as a manual as to how to glorify themselves. And, um, and they've used it as a weapon against other people. And it's, it's terrible. That's not what we're supposed to do with the Bible. Um, and it's, yeah, it's what they've done. And so we, we have these scribes. So keep that in mind. We've painted a picture of what, what it looks like for, for the scribes. Um, if you're looking for an illustration, uh, you can always look at the Pharisee and the tax collector in Luke as well. It's a great example of this. We have a movement in the passage now to where Jesus uh, sits down. He's, he's given us the warning about the scribes. He, Jesus sits down and um, he sits down opposite the, the treasury and he's watching people put money in the, in the, in the offering box. Right, it says this here. And he, that's Jesus, sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. Uh, so we've got lots of rich people who are putting in lots of money. Um, and you've, you can imagine the kind of scenario where you've got, let's say, 10 rich guys, and rich guy one puts in 1,000 shekels, rich guy two puts in 1,001 shekels, uh, rich guy three, maybe 1,002, rich guy four is such a high roller, he puts in 2,000 shekels. Um, which hurts rich guy five's pride. So he puts in 5,000 shekels. Like, and it just like, you, you can imagine it just keep escalating as people are thinking, oh, we, we'll, we'll one-up each other. We'll, we'll put in more and more and more, um, which, has, uh, which doesn't show, it doesn't show us anything uh, positive about their hearts. It actually just shows us um, how much money they had. Um, and so we see lots of rich people putting in lots of money but little in the way of percentages. It, it didn't cost them all that much, despite it costing them a lot of cash. It didn't cost them in their lives. Um, and so we have uh, this, this is the backdrop to when we're introduced to this poor widow. Uh, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. Um, it's like 
164th, I think, or something. Yeah, 164th of, of, of the day's wage um, for a laborer back then. And laborers back then, you know, didn't have very high wages. That, that was a, um, but yeah, that's 164th. So when I was reading about these coins, uh, they, were, they were like thin coins. They're not worth very much. They're really not worth a lot at all. This is merely like cents. Um, I did some calculations. I didn't account for inflation, but I worked out something like 34 cents or something else. And, you know, you used to be able to buy a um, soft serve for that, but not anymore. But yeah, it's just not a lot of money. That's, that's the point. So this poor lady barely had two coins to rub together. And by the end of the passage, she doesn't. So we, <laughs> this, this lady, I want us to think about her for a second. Because we've just had in our minds these scribes who have power, they've got, and the rich people who've got power, they've got money, they've got influence, they've got uh, control over a lot of things. And then we go to a widow. And if you think about how hard life must be for a widow, um, if you think about that now, like the, 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 the dealing with the loss of, of a loved one must be a tragic thing to deal with. And um, this, this, this lady... Uh, is living in a time where she won't, she doesn't have access to support um, in the same way that we do today. Um, she couldn't get things like support, income support payments or anything like that. Uh, she, she would have been very much at the mercy of those around her trying to help her, um, depending on her family, if she had family around. Um, and, you know, if not, then maybe the church or um, the but, but she, she didn't have much at all. This, this lady didn't have a lot. I want us to imagine what that would be like to be in that kind of situation where you just, you're so on the brink of financial destitution. Uh, you, you're on, on, poverty is knocking on your door and, and you have no real way of avoiding that. It's got to be a very, very challenging situation to live in. Um, all the while dealing with the, the extreme grief of losing uh, for her her husband, uh, that that that's such a such a difficult place to be. Um, this this lady, um, one day, w- w- for all of us who know the Lord Jesus, we're going to get to meet her, um, which is really exciting uh, because she she's she's with Jesus now, um, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into more of that uh, a bit later. But I want us to remember she's in an extremely difficult situation. And she has not a lot. She's got two tiny coins. And so, in contrast to the people who've been throwing in tons of money into the offering box, we have this poor widow and she's got these two tiny coins. And what does she do with them? She goes all in. She puts them both in the offering box. It's really interesting. I'd never thought of this, but as I was reading about this passage this week, um, one of the commentators um, was quoting a guy from the 18th century um, who said that she could have put one coin in, but she didn't. She put both coins in. And I'd never thought about that. Maybe you guys had, but I, that never occurred to me. But she, she, she didn't keep anything for herself. She was all in for God, and she gave it all to Him. She, she was all in for God. Not only was uh, that evident in what she did with her money, but she, she wasn't the kind of person to draw attention to herself. You could imagine her kind of walking into the temple, kind of not wanting anyone to notice her, putting her money in and getting out of there, as opposed to the, 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 the rich people sounding the trumpet, uh, tooting the horn, um, I don't know, banging the drum. <laughs> I'll run out of instruments in a second. Um, 
but but saying making a big commotion about them giving um jesus says that that people who do that receive their reward in full the there's no reward after other than the people around you going oh yeah well done it's like there's no there's no heavenly reward for um drawing attention to yourself in that this widow she was the opposite she wasn't drawing attention to herself there's no pursuit of her own glory here just diligence to follow god even when it's costly um and that's what Jesus has been calling uh, his followers to, costly obedience, uh, carrying the cross that, that in, in following the Lord Jesus. And she wasn't uh, just about the outside, but about the inside, um, loving God by his grace and for his glory. She, uh, she's a beautiful example of loving God and loving uh, neighbor as ourself. And ultimately, it all comes down to her selfless pursuit of God's glory uh, and rejection of worldly abundance. She, she wasn't on about the worldly stuff. She wasn't on about her glory. She was on about God's glory. No fanfare, no acclaim, real self-sacrifice. And then what's, what's Jesus' assessment of this whole situation? How, did, how does Jesus uh, describe what's, what's happened? We've got these people who've put in tons and tons of money and this, this poor widow who's put in two little coins. Well, let's hear what Jesus has to say in verse 43. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. She put in more than all those who contributed to the offering box with their massive amounts of sums. Um, and we think... That's, that's, that's challenging to our mathematics. Uh, these guys are putting in tons and tons of money and she put in two small coins, but she's put in more. And how? How, how can she have put in more? Well, Jesus uh, tells us in verse 44, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. And so we see she gave everything. She didn't hold back from God. She, she wasn't uh, trying to keep uh, all of her stuff for herself and hoard things for this life. She was living for God, for his glory, and she trusted God with all of that. Um, in contrast to the, the scribes and the rich people for whom it was all about acquiring stuff and, and, and getting um, our own glory is, is what they, they would do. And so Jesus says that she put in more than all the others. And when you think about it, she put in more in that she put in everything. Uh, the, these guys put in tons, but it wasn't, it wasn't costly to them. It was just, you know, a drop in the bucket. Uh, they, they didn't feel it, um, but she did. She, she, this was all she had to live on. This was her livelihood, um, but she put it in that offering box. And, um, and you think about the, the situation, like... The, the religious leaders would be the ones who would then control that offering and they, they should be the ones who would, who would then distribute that to the widows. But these are the crooks who are devouring widows' houses and it just makes it even more stark when you think about how she is loving and kind and, and, and they are not. So Jesus has told us to watch out for the hypocrisy uh, of the scribes. That's, that's where our passage began because... Uh, I want us to think about what does this have to do with us today? You know, we've heard about some scribes. I haven't seen a lot of guys wearing long robes walking around um, writing out the Torah here. If you have, I'd like to meet them. <laughs> but but um, 
but it, we, it's, a bit, it, it's, it's looking at how do these uh, biblical truths apply to us today. So, so I'm going to think, think that through for a bit. So watch out for the scribes is the first thing that we're told. Beware um, of them and their hypocrisy. I think it's helpful for us to, to look, at, look at ourselves as well and go not only looking at the hypocrisy um, in others, but to look at where is their hypocrisy in my own heart? Uh, where, where are there ways in which I say things that I don't live out? Where are there ways in which I would expect things of others that I wouldn't expect of myself? Jesus hates hypocrisy. We see that time and again throughout the scriptures. Um, and and if, we, if we ask ourselves, do we hate hypocrisy? I'm sure the answer for us would be yes, at least in other people. <laughs> like we, we just have to ask ourselves do we see it in ourselves? Do, do we see when we would want acclaim for ourselves? Do we see when we would want to draw attention to ourselves or we'd want to be making it about our glory and not about God's glory? Uh, because that's, that's, that's the problem of the human heart is wanting glory for ourselves rather than wanting God's glory. That's essentially what sin is all about. It's rejecting God being God and us wanting to be God in his place. And so we need to, we need to ask ourselves, uh, where do we do that? In what areas of my life uh, am I living hypocritically? Uh, in what areas of my life am I being like the scribes and being after my own glory? Being all in, but not all in for God, but all in for me. Um, and as we, as we find those areas, as we examine ourselves, we need to, we need to repent of those things. That, that is to turn away from those and to turn back to Jesus and, and confess those things to Jesus. Uh, you see, uh, when, when, we, when we see our sin, the right response is not, let's be an ostrich and shove our head in the sand and pretend like it, it's not real. It's no, no, it's come to our loving Father who is gracious and forgiving that when we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if... if, if um, if you, like me, uh, are seeing your sin as we're going through God's word, then let's, let's confess those things to God. And then let's repent of them and trust Jesus that he paid for them on the cross. The widow is put forward as an example for us to follow. Uh, she, she's shown to be a, a person who, who loves God and who loves other people. And who, uh, despite her circumstances, uh, doesn't let those things get in the way. She, she doesn't say, oh, because I've had a rough life, I'm not going to love God and love people. No, she's a beautiful example of someone who, in the midst of adversity and serious, serious challenges, loves God and loves other people. She's a, a beautiful uh, example of that. But how and why? How, 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 is, how, is she the, how can we follow her example? Um, and why should we follow her example? I want to talk about three quick things. The first is the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, without God being at work in us by His Spirit, we can't do anything. Like, we're not, we're not going to be able to... I mean, we, without God sustaining us right now, we wouldn't even have breath in our lungs, we wouldn't have a universe to be in. God is the one who provides everything for us. And the same is true in our spiritual growth, in our sanctification. Through the power of the Spirit, we can follow the widow's example. 
uh, the, the, this, this, this example of loving God and loving our neighbor. That's the only way that she could do it, um, through, through God's strengthening of her. Why, 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 sh- why should we follow the widow's example? And why, yeah, why, out of thankfulness to Jesus. You see, Jesus calls us to carry our cross, um, which is not something uh, that, that he calls us to do and didn't do himself. Jesus went to the cross for us. Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, came down to this earth that he made. He walked on it. He lived on it. He slept under the stars that he put there in the sky. He, he walked around. He spoke to people. He, he, he loves people. He had compassion on people. He cast out demons. He healed people. He met with people. He ate with people. He spent time with the outcasts and the sinners and the rejects. And he called people back to God consistently. He is the perfect and righteous one. And then he went to the cross something that he didn't deserve, to die by crucifixion, horrific execution. And on that cross, he bore the wrath of God in our place, that we might be set free from our sin, and that we might have his righteousness credited to our account as our sin is put on him. So thankfulness to Jesus motivates everything that we do, and it ought to motivate everything that we do, because he is the loving God who gave his life for us on that cross. And then also, as we follow uh, the widow's example, who is following Jesus' example, we live to the glory of God. We, 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 can, we can so often tend towards our own glory, can't we? I think if you, if you spend some time just thinking in your mind, um, maybe, maybe you helped someone and they didn't thank you, and you feel snubbed, or may, maybe you, you, you were involved in something and, and you wanted someone to, to give you a claim or glory, um, but they didn't. Uh, we, can, we, can, we can be quick to find that offensive, can't we? We can think, wow, this is, you know, do they know who I am? Like, you know, that, there's that kind of selfish uh, desire for a claim. Um, it can be so pervasive in our hearts. Uh, we, we're hardwired, um, to, to, for, for glory to be something that we're looking for. But not our, we, it's not, not to be our own glory, but to be God's glory. Uh, we're, we're, and, and the reality is we're either going to be all in for God or we're going to be all in for ourselves. Uh, we, we're going we're gonna to be all about the things of God and His Word and His grace and His goodness in the Lord Jesus Christ. Or we're going to be about me, and my kingdom, and building up my world, and, and, and my rule. So we're faced with a decision before us. Are we going to be all in for God, like the widow was, out of thankfulness to Jesus, in the power of the Spirit, to the glory of God? Or are we going to be all in for ourselves, like the scribes and the rich people? Uh, the, the pursuit of abundance and greatness here and now doesn't lead to abundance and greatness. It leads to abundant condemnation. And that's not where we want to go. So we must come to Jesus, coming to our Father as His children, confessing our sin, relying upon Him by His Spirit, and putting our trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. And we need to do that today. We need to be right with God now. We, we don't know how long we have left here. Um, and so we, we need to... We need to confess our sin and put our trust in Jesus today. And we can do that 
um, today. So if you, if you want to do that, please do come and talk to me after the service. It would be my privilege and, and pleasure to do that with you. I suspect for many of us, we've already put our faith in Jesus. We're, we're living our lives as best we can for the Lord Jesus. But as we're confronted with, with uh, the truths in God's word, we see more and more areas of our sinfulness, don't we? We see there are areas where I haven't been all in for God, where I've been all in for me, where I've been more about my glory and acclaim than about God's glory and acclaim. And so in that situation, uh, the, 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 the same rings true. We come back to God, we confess our sin, and we rely on Jesus Christ alone for our salvation. And knowing that we're secure in Him, out of thankfulness to Him, we walk each day uh, dependent upon Him by prayer and His Spirit to make us more like Christ. So we've been thinking about today, who am I all in for? What am I all in for? Um, and uh, I mentioned about fantasy football teams. It's not a problem if you have a fantasy football team, but don't be all in for your fantasy football team or whatever it happens to be. Uh, it can be our cars. It could be our houses. It could be uh, any number of things that we make the focus and purpose uh, of our lives that we want to glorify above all else when really it's God who deserves that glory and God alone. Uh, there's a song that we're going to sing in a moment. And that song is called Undivided. I hope I've got that right. Yeah, great. And that song speaks about living an, with an undivided heart, an undivided mind, undivided love for God. Um, and it's, it's actually a prayer. Like if you, if you look at the words that we'll be singing, we're asking God to give that to us. Lord, give me an undivided heart that I might love your word. And so we're praying that God would do that which is impossible for us to do in ourselves. And he can do that because of his spirit who is with us. And we want to follow him because of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who gave himself for us. And we want to see Jesus glorified, not ourselves. So if, if, you, if you've been thinking, man, I haven't been all in for God, or there have been areas where I haven't been all in for God, then please join me as we pray in a moment. And we're going to confess that to God. And we're going to ask him to have mercy on us and ask him to change us so that we can be all in for him more and more each and every day until we are in eternity with him forever. So please join me as we pray now. Father in heaven, we confess that so often we fall short of your glory. Uh, we haven't been all in for you in a number of areas, Lord. And we confess that, uh, Lord, uh, in our hearts, we, we can see those areas as we look at how you shine your light in us, the light of your word. And, and Lord, we confess that there are areas where we've been more about our glory and our acclaim than your glory and your acclaim. For this, Lord, we come before you in confession and we humbly repent. Have mercy on us, Lord. Uh, we, we, we go our own way. We strive for our own glory. And that's such a horrible offense to you. And so, Lord, have mercy on us, we pray. Forgive us for doing that. Forgive us for making it about us when it's all about you. Forgive us for having division in our hearts 
where it's, it's certain things are about you and certain things are about us. Lord, help us to live with undivided hearts, minds, and love for you. Help us, Lord, to glorify you, not ourselves. Lord, enable us to do that by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to do so out of thankfulness to Jesus Christ who died for us. And Lord, give us that desire for your glory and not our own. And we pray this in the precious name of Jesus Christ who died for us. Amen.